Hello. Hello. Welcome. It's the Album Nerds Podcast with Dude and Andy. Andy, what's happening, my friend? Hey, dude. How's it going, man? Good to be here. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's another edition of the Album Nerds Podcast. Today on the show, we're talking about one of our favorite bands, a band that we both love equally. Right, buddy? Oh, I think one of us likes them more than the other. That'd be That's me. me. No, it's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's me. Uh, it's the sheepdogs we're going to be talking about today, folks. So hold on to your hats or other Canadian assorted items you may be wearing. Yeah, I like them more. But I don't know if you want to have that battle or what, Andy, because you will end up on your ass. <laughs> Can't we just say we both like them and go forward from there? I guess. I guess we can. But I, if any of the sheepdogs are listening, I want them to know that I like them more. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, they can crash on your couch if they're next time they're in town. All right. So, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. They could. I. Well, I don't really. I have a couple recliners. <laughs> Such an old whitey man. Come on. Right. <laughs> uh, they could, I don't know. One of them could sleep in the tub. But anyway, <laughs> kind of in the spirit of that, I mean, what we were kind of going to lead in with and talk a little bit about here on the Album Nerds podcast, which, by the way, is for people who love albums and good music and recommendations from us, the non experts. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, like, I have found out about this band back in. Uh, 2011 or something like that from a uh, Rolling Stone magazine contest that they were in where uh, a unsigned band was going to get on the cover of Rolling Stone and they had on rollingstone.com they had uh, links and stuff to listen to their music and I voted for them and they ended up winning the contest and ended up on the cover of Rolling Stone but it got me thinking and us talking about Rolling Stone magazine and its impact and how much it used to mean. I mean, these guys are not superstars. 20 or 30 years ago, if they were on the cover of the Rolling Stone, they would have been. It had great influence in music. So Andy, were you a fan of the Rolling Stone magazine back in the day? Yeah, I used to actually go to the library to read it. I wasn't a subscriber, but I would go and was it once a month it came out? I think it was by, I think it was twice a month. Twice a month, every other week. Yeah, yeah. I used to go in and just to read it because I I loved it. I did a few uh, book reports on the Rolling Stone magazine actually growing up. Uh, yeah, it was a big big part of of why I got into music when I was younger, like in the nineties. Um, yeah. Do you still yeah. do you still get it at your house or what? No, I occasionally get a free copy when they're trying to get me to subscribe, but it's little and it's mostly about music. I don't. I mean, the music that's mentioned is stuff I don't care about. They don't, rarely is there a musician on the cover. It's a politician or a actor from some yeah. show or something. And, you know, there's it's a little a, more cultural one, nowadays. Yeah. Not, not so just music focused. Well, and it's tiny. It's not giant anymore. And yeah, I just don't, you know, the reviews seem kind of whitewashed and, there's, it's just not enough about music for me anymore. And I used to go to the library. Also, for the Rolling Stone, uh, I, and when I was in college, they had a bunch of archives of it at the school library, mm-hmm. and I spent hours, like three semesters probably, every free time I had, it was a commuter college. It wasn't like a live on campus type of thing. When I was on campus, I'd be in that library in the basement going through, I think they had printed copies from 78 
forward. And man, I read through every single one of those. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, that was the best way to find new music back then. I mean, from people that you trusted and were in the industry and, and knew about these lesser known bands, that was, that was the place to find them. And it kind of set the tone, man. It, it kind of told you, like, besides radio and MTV and whatever, it sort of helped inform you of what the thing was, what was cool, who was emerging, what were some artists to keep an eye on. Now, to be fair, I still do occasionally look up at like Rolling Stone. They even will do country artists to look out for. And Culture Wall was one of those in that list like last year or the year before. And and they'll do, you know, rock bands to be on the lookout for, you know, up and coming stuff. They do that occasionally on the, on the website. But mm-hmm. what do you think of the website? Do you go there anymore? I used to um, a lot. Less and less, I think. I, I go there occasionally, they'll put out like a list of like the top 100, whatever, greatest metal albums of all time, and I'll read through that. But it's so, there's so many ads on there and so much bullshit content that it's not a great experience. Not nearly as good as reading the magazine used to be. Yeah, I think it's just because there's so many sources of information now, and these streaming services inform people about new stuff that they might like. And yeah. I, you know, it's a shame. Because it really meant, you know, as a kid, it meant a lot. It told me a lot. And now, I mean, I'm sure it's a fine publication. I don't I don't want to rip on Rolling Stone, but it is a lot of political stuff and things that I'd like it to be all music. Same as MTV is not music at all. It used to be music <laughs> television. It's just a bunch of like yeah, reality happens? shows or something. I don't even know what it is. I don't, <laughs> I haven't tried to watch it in years. Well, I mean, the good thing nowadays we have like very niche publications that people can enjoy, you know, they're in a little area of music that they enjoy a lot. You know, I'll read Pitchfork or Fader or some of those other online publications and and get exactly what the content I'm looking for. might not be as in-depth as Rolling Stone would have done, but it it is there and it's accessible. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of miss having a publication that a lot of people read. Yeah. A lot of people would like the same thing. And now that's... uh, less and less of a thing. And I know you're not supposed to want your bands to be popular, but (laughs) I kind of liked being able to talk about stuff with everybody and people knowing what the hell I meant. If I said something about a band, like, uh, you know, if I say the sheepdogs, for instance, people are like, who? And it used to Rolling Stone used to set that tone. And, uh, I kind of missed that. But like I said, I'm well, sure it's a fine publication, and uh, if I want to learn about Garnier Fructis, I certainly can. <laughs> you know, that's that's why we're here, man. We gotta we gotta tell the people about this good music and uh, bring everybody together. And why don't we do that by uh, talking about the latest Sheepdogs record here? They put out a record on February second entitled "Changing Colors," and uh, let's dig into it. That is the lead single off the new record here. I've uh, got a hole where my heart should be. Just give a little background on the band. They're from uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. <laughs> you never could do that, man. <laughs> it's Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. 
There you go. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> no, I don't know why. Like, well, sometime we'll just we'll just work on that. We'll, we'll just spend an afternoon <laughs> having a Saskatoon uh, workshop. Saskatoon. Yeah, so there's six studio records. Like I said, it came out in early February. It's on Dynalone Records, uh, an independent Canadian label. They also have bands like Jeff the Brotherhood, Lumineers, and Monster Truck on the label. So some good company there. Um, they have a, like a classic rock, 70s rock sound to them. Uh, there's some tinges of like southern rock. And on this record, there's a few uh, tinges of country mixed in here, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they describe their music as pure, simple, good time music. And I think that is exactly why we like it so much. It's, it's just good feeling music, right, man? Yeah. I mean, not only is it good feeling, but it's good quality. It's well recorded. The, uh, actual music itself is fun to listen to. It's well played, talented guys, you know, good guitar playing. It's, it's, uh, uplifting. It's like, you were talking about that sort of 70s vibe where, you know, it's just kind of positive, like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. You know, they would talk about serious stuff, but still in the lyric, you know, the actual sound of song made you feel good, singable. You could sing along. It's, yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, I've loved them from the first time I heard them before you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of a, what are they, a five-piece now at this point? They had a new member. For this yes. record, uh, Jimmy Boskill is a new guitarist. Yeah, so they've got they've got Ewan Curry, who's the lead singer and guitarist. Ryan Gullen, Sam Corbett, Jimmy, and then Seamus Curry, who is Ewan's brother, and he plays the keyboards and horns and tambourine and all sorts of j- junk. And I think he was he actually played with them when we saw them live a few years back as well. That's right. We did see them live way yes. back in the day. So one of the few shows we went to together. It was a, a magical experience. It really, really was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things I write is they call you know they do all this dueling sort of uh, guitar work where yeah. the they're playing together, playing off of each other. They call that guitarmonies. It's like guitar but, and harmony. Yes, but along with that, they have a lot of vocal harmonies too, which is also part of that great sound and we've talked about their albums on this show before uh, two of their other albums i gotta say man these songs with the with, with a little country tangent and they're kind of doing you know i hear some riffs some similar riffs from some of their earlier records but it, i feel like they've grown and they take that and build on it and do it even better than they did the first time around and it's not like straight up same song sounds it's just i'll hear a guitar sound i know their records so well that i'm like oh i've heard that kind of groove before did you what did you think of that aspect of it did that bug you or were you like i thought it was cool you may have thought differently <laughs> i you know like they do sound a little samey it might not even be to themselves it might just be to that genre you know like almond brothers um credence clearwater revival that type of sound like occasionally they'll play a riff or two or just be a section of a song that sounds eerily familiar i guess i would say and which is not even this, just this record, but over their whole discography, they just they sound like other bands, I guess, which isn't a bad thing. No, and I don't have I mean, I don't have any problem with that. I like allusions to other sounds. I mean, that's part of bands influencing each other, and yeah. and even in the old old days, bands used to multiple bands would make the same song and release it to radio. They do sure. like you know, 
good golly, Miss Molly or whatever, like five different people would do that. Maybe that'll come up in a conversation sometime. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. And I like the introduction of the country. I like the new guitarist, uh, Jimmy. I like he brought some steel guitar to the game. There's some new sounds in there. They do some almost funk type tracks. There's just a lot of different pieces here, some new sounds, and I hear joy again. I, I really feel like they enjoy making music and they just have fun doing it. And I just think I just think they're great. I, I can't there's nothing bad I could say about this band. They just are so every album is just great to listen to. And this might be my favorite, honestly. Really? The whole discography? Better than uh, I, Learn and Burn? Really? I think so, man. I think this is like Learn and Burn with some more experience and extra musicianship on top with a, with a few more ingredients in it. Learn and Burn, I thought, ha- is, although I love it and I would call it a classic for me, Learn and Burn, I felt, was a little more samey. And this has so much variation. I mean, yes, you have the classic sheepdog sound in many of the songs, but there's a lot of new sounds here, and I really dig that. Well, I don't know if I'm quite ready to go that far, but let's uh, let's jump in and play another cut from this record. This is uh, about a third of the way through the Big Nowhere. Yeah, you don't hear the Santana in there? I think that's awesome. Oh, yeah, totally Santana in there with the uh, the organ and sound, definitely. And I feel like that is, they're bringing some new flavors to the table here for this record. But I went all the way back and listened to the whole discography. And there are moments like this here and there, even on the first album. Which, by the way, I, I read that they're they're going to remaster some of the, and release on vinyl some of the uh, oh, the first great. couple the yeah, big stand and and uh, uh, trying to grow, and they're gonna, I guess, release that again. Let's talk a little bit about the recording process and how they made this record. I guess um, they really didn't set out to with any sort of agenda for it. It was kind of more relaxed, organic approach. They're kind of hanging out after their last tour. Didn't deliberately have any sort of topics they wanted to cover in the lyrics or any certain sounds it just kind of organically took shape you and the lead singer there he said uh never been a guy who sits down and says okay here's the subject i'm gonna write about it's always been the music first so i mean they're writing the music first and then going in and, and sprinkling the lyrics in later one thing that's always been cool about the records and they do again on this record here is they have like these little medley of songs that kind of group together mm-hmm. and kind of just almost like a jam from one song and then seamlessly into the next and they do that on this record here, too. The last uh, six songs actually kind of all play nicely together. Yeah, from uh, Born a Restless Man right through to the end of the record on Run, Baby, Run, kind of mm-hmm. play nicely all the way through. Why don't we jump in and play a little bit of Born a Restless Man? He was born a restless man, journeyed to a distant land. But he heard that sound when the rain came down and it swept across the land. And he held his ground as he watched his town fall into the Rio Grande. 
Yeah, we even got some banjoing on that one, uh, which I guess Jimmy plays as well. I love that song, and I love that beginning to that whole that whole six-song uh, medley that you were talking about. And they've done that on a couple of their albums. And uh, it ends, the album ends, the last thing you hear is the harmony of I Was Born a Restless Man Again at the end, and they kind of tie it all together. Mm-hmm. But it, it kind of takes you on a little mini opera journey where all these songs are separate, but they kind of fit together as they as they morph from one to the next. You know, I, I watched an interview from back when they were doing that Rolling Stone cover contest, and one they were asked about their favorite albums, and two of the albums they mentioned were uh, the Beatles' White Album and the Beatles' Abbey Road, and Abbey Road in particular had that medley of songs at the end, and uh, you can definitely hear that in some of what they do as well. So I think that's awesome. I, I really like this thing from start to finish. I've listened to it so many times. The day it was coming out, I remember like it was almost Christmassy. I woke up ready to start. First thing I did at 6.30 in the morning <laughs> on that Friday was listen to the new Sheepdogs record. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely a solid release. Um, probably in the top three for me of their discography for sure and definitely one of the, the f- more enjoyable records to come out in 2018. Yeah. Uh, re- my challenge, though, with these Canadian bands is finding print copies of their stuff. I mean, I think I could buy it directly from them, but Amazon is a no-go right now. I can't get a physical copy. I would like to buy it. I want them to have my money. Uh, but the streaming services are a good place to get all their, you know, most of their records and at least uh, get yourselves up on the sheepdogs. But uh, this is a great, I think this is a great introduction to them, even though it's their most recent release. Yeah, it's really accessible. Uh, if you never heard them before, I would, it's a good record to jump in on. It's just a fun listen. Um, they are starting a tour to promote the record. Uh, starts in Canada and going to Europe. Maybe they'll be in the U.S. over the summer. I could hope they're a great Great live band to see, as we can attest to. Uh, it's a really fun show. And they got long hair and beards. Woohoo! <laughs> Didn't they cut their hair not too long ago? Well, I imagine it probably grows back, probably unlike back. mine. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I could rock a Benjamin Franklin if you want, but uh, I don't think I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the Sheepdogs. Changing Colors is the name of the record. Two thumbs up from the album nerds dudes oh yeah 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 and you know yeah and out there on youtube are some funny cool uh little their videos for some of the the promotional videos for the album are pretty pretty awesome too so if you happen upon those check that out the changing colors ad they have an advertisement for changing colors it's pretty funny coming up next week on the show we're gonna do another Another in our series of the loosely connected, we're calling that. Just <laughs> <laughs> basically, one of us picks a record, and the other person tries to find a record that's somewhat connected to it. So we're going to be doing uh, a couple records that both have the word Sonic in the title. <laughs> <You know, laughs> you know, this would be, this would be a great thing for our listeners to chime in on and give us some loosely connected ideas, because I, I would love it if we got some suggestions from y'all. Oh yeah, uh, that actually be great. Because <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a weird preparation for us for these, and it, it so far it's been a lot of fun. We've only done one, and it turned out great. So we'll see how we do next week, man. <laughs> yeah, tune in to find out. It'll be uh, next week on the show. All right, y'all. You know the drill. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio. Make sure your friends and family and whatever do the same. 
And you can go to albumnerds.com and tell us your favorite albums. We've got all the podcasts up there as well as uh, a comment space. So feel free to let us know what you're doing. You can get directly in touch with us. And we're on the uh, the Twitter and uh, symbol and all that jazz. Uh, Instagram at album nerds. So if you if that's your if that's your jam, check us out there as well. So thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Album Nerds podcast, where we talked about the Sheepdogs, who I liked first. Have a wonderful week. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. I told you about the Sheepdogs. See you next week. Ain't wrong. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>